0: Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk
1: First, are you worried about the rise of AI? Because we've been hearing a lot lately about artificial intelligence, students using um GPT to complete assignments, the controversial use then of AI to create art and music. And I, I've heard various different experts even here on, on the different programmes um in recent weeks about this. But I just wonder how worried are you? Listeners, workers? about artificial intelligence and the impact that it'll have on the workforce. Donal is with us in Waterford today. Donal, how do you think it'll impact, or how concerned are you about the impact it will have on jobs?
2: Andrea, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, I think, uh, well, yeah, I'm both worried and I'm excited. Um, uh, no question about it, it is going to affect jobs. Um, and uh, but like while a lot of people I think are going to uh, lose jobs, it will probably create other jobs, um, you know, in a in, in a different line. But um, I was at um, a Microsoft um, talk there just before the pandemic, actually, and uh, the lady that was there that day, uh, you know, she gave a fairly stark and frightening statistic. She said that eleven years from then. of the jobs that uh, will be available um, haven't been invented yet. So, no, but that was before... um, We're three
1: years into that then.
2: We're three years into that, but it was also before ChatGPT was invented. Now, ChatGPT, like, that's one of the bots, uh, you know, that um, people are using at the Mm. moment for AI. Now, there are others as well that, you know, you could argue might even be better than ChatGPT, but ChatGPT is the one that has got all the... All the publicity yeah um, but uh, yeah it, it's going to it's going to change jobs for sure um, lots of um, you know I would say the legal business um, you know a lot of the research you know that, that uh, legal people do that uh, you know you can type the appropriate questions into chat GPT. And uh, it will come back in no time at all with the, with the information that you're looking for.
1: Mm. What, what line of work, Donald, are you in? I mean, are you like, do, do you're concerned it'll significantly impinge in, in, the, in your sector?
2: Um, I'm a secondary school maths teacher, maths and okay. IT, Andrea, in Um, in right. um But um, like I can see it already, like, you know, there, there has been an impact. Um, now, I'm not a language teacher, but if I was teaching English and if I was giving um, an essay, for instance, um, I couldn't be sure that the work that I'm getting from the student in an essay anymore, like, is their own work. Um, so, you're book, already
1: seeing, sorry, don't. The, the, there's a concern already then about the impact of this now in the classroom. There is. Um, and there's no there, way no, is there to like w- when you pick up you know whatever a- andrea's essay for whatever you know is there is there any way are there any any indicators as a teacher
2: almost impossible andrea um you know the the only the only way that um that you'll um, have any indication uh, is say if this is out of line with the student's normal work mm. You know, you know the way that if you're teaching a student for uh, a while, you know, you get to know their ability levels um, and you know the type of work they produce and if there's a sudden change in the work. Now, you know that there's a good chance, that, you know, that they have used ChatGPT, but you can't prove it.
1: Well, if you're a C, if you're you know. a kind of an average C-ranking student and all of a sudden one Monday you're submitting A-plus stuff. Yes. But like even, you know, you you could imagine that GPT will account for that nearly based off the average of your turn of phrase, how you you write, you know, typically or submit from previous essays, I assume, nearly.
2: um, It it will, because um, you see, it looks like the the big thing about it, you see, is um, where it actually pulls in the information from. Like, I, I mean... It, it's pulling it off a massive global global database. Now it's not fully up to date. Like if you if you're using the free version of it, the databases on that are only um, up to date as far as twenty twenty one. Now there's a paid version of it. You know, at the moment they're on GPT four, and um, that one, like you pay twenty dollars a month for that, but um, it's just it, that's much more recent. Mm. You know, and uh, so. We're having difficulties with it in school, and I okay. mean another one, just on a slightly different one. Um, I went to my hairdresser there about a fortnight ago, like, and I just I was chatting to her, and um, I just happened to ask her, like, you know, have you heard of uh, ChatGPT and AI? And uh, she said to me, "Don't talk to me about it, because um, she's a trainer as well." And uh, she said, you know, that uh, there was um, one or two of her. people that she's in charge of and their work has recently changed so she said i'm going to have to pull them in and have a chat with them you know and they you nearly want to interview them now about work that they produce you know to Mm. just to be sure that it's their own work and like it's going to affect us like all the project work the project-based work classroom project-based work even that we do in schools um all of them are potentially at risk um the third level i think will even be worse because Part of the university experience, uh, you know, when you go to college, is that you do research.
1: Yeah, sure. It's all you know, the I mean, analytical, critical thinking, you know, essay work like that's. You can see how to be how it could easily be significantly manipulated for sure in that area. Donal, stay with us. I just want to bring Angela in too, if you don't mind, Donal. Angela is um, the CEO of or Angela Dorgan of um, First Music Contact because Donal has touched, I suppose, on the the impact of this for students and at, at a third level in college. But is AI a concern for the music industry, Angela?
3: It is of conversation for sure. Um, and I agree with Donald um, and his assessment, you know, it will, AI is coming. There's no stopping it. It will replace jobs. It's now a, a kind of how we control it and and what jobs it does create. It, um, we're having the same challenge in, in the music industry and indeed the TV and film industry striking in Hollywood um, one of their main issues is arising from the use of AI and and they're raising really very valid concerns uh, that some of them translate to music Um, so vocal likenesses, instrumental parts um, in in performances or recordings could be replicated uh, by producers instead of using, uh, you know, session musicians. Um you could have an issue then with royalties and remuneration for the artists, and you're looking at an industry that's already post COVID um in in huge financial strain compared to the, the rest of society. So there are those concerns that are being raised and and they are being looked at. There is um, you know, another side to it there is and I think with all of these new issues the same happened with you know when Napster came along and streaming was thought to be the end of the music industry mm. and I think we spent two decades trying to close the barn door when the horse has already bolted I think with this it's really with AI it's really important to get on the horse and see what benefits it well, could I'm bring. i just going to ask it so I, Yeah so it could I, I think a lot of artists feel that especially artists who create their own music and who maybe do self-recordings at home, those working in in different genres like electronic music, could, you know, AI could cut out a lot of labor for them in their creation if it's used as a tool. I think all conversations now are kind of like, oh, it replaces and, you know, how will we know real art from real, you know? And I, I think there are, possible solutions out there? Could we look at watermarking, AI-produced music? And, you know, there, there's really interesting conversations out there for, say, the collection societies to be having, um, publishing companies and, and those speaking for artists need to be having now to, be, to direct the conversation of how AI mm. progresses rather than be chasing it for two decades. Um, and I think there are and minuses. But the bigger point is musicians and artists and all of those working in the music industry already face loads of financial barriers and remuneration for their intellectual property in the streaming world anyway. So are there AI solutions? that could be assisting artists to overcome those barriers rather than presenting even more barriers. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm interested in hearing from people today that have maybe used um, uh, chat uh, GPT for whatever reason. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe you're currently using AI in work already. Um, And I suppose the the, the sectors of the industries, like where are people concerned or how concerned should we be? Are there jobs that are AI proof, I suppose, to, to some respect as well. But are many musicians worried about this, Angela? Um, it's hard to
3: say, again, the conversations we're hearing and taking part of. I, I spoke at a future festival in Toronto recently, um, and it was very interesting to hear from the Canadian musicians in the room and their managers and labels at, at this event, how there was a largely like the the fears were around automation and and the value of the art far more than um you know that it was an intellectual conversation and a hearts and minds conversation we need to have around ai and i think that goes right across to education as well i think you know if if it's rolled out properly and if it's resourced and embraced rather than run away from Um, I think a lot of the industries like education and the arts and film um, can embrace it and and steer it to be of use rather than a replacement. A a total negative, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of artists would think that there are definitely good uses for it. You mm -hmm. know, you may find some artists, you know, they they may knock out a fantastic song, but are like, oh, I don't know how to write a press release or a biography. Yeah. So well, just
1: funny have, funny yeah. you mentioned that just on on scripting something. I have a text in from Dave who says, as a safety professional, I had to produce a risk assessment yesterday and I tried chat at GPT. It produced a risk assessment in five seconds that would normally have taken yeah. me a couple of hours. At first so I thought it was have, great, yeah. yeah, but then realised parts yeah parts of of my profession are at risk according to dave uh, rob is with us too rob you work in the area of digital transformation as a consultant there like how concerned should we be then about the threat of ai
4: hi there andrea uh, i i think there's two ways to look at this i think the key summary is that this is a tool and this is just like the invention of the internet this is like the release of the iphone this is this is like search engines it's a it's a massive tool for us to use so there's a lot more opportunities, but the threats can't be ignored. Uh, there was a, a recent letter that was put out by some AI leaders in the US and the likes of Sam Altman went mm. to Congress. So they've been talking about some of the headline things around the existential risk, the, yeah. the ability to The risk end of society. extinction is
1: the headline, isn't it, overnight? like it's Absolutely. And that, that's really capturing a lot
4: of headlines. And I, I would I would recommend to people to be aware of it, but not to... Give in to the the fear, yeah, the panic, because we don't fully know the long term implications. And when I say long term, I'm thinking 30 to 50 years about this. You know, we've still yet to crack the likes of quantum computing, which is one of the things that will enable the next generation of AI. But if we look back to the everyday person on the street or if we look back to what maybe the next six months are going to hold, I'm, I'm kind of taking some inspiration from, from the other guys on the on the radio, like Angela. I see this as a tool. I see it as a way to save a bit of time and, and even to give inspiration. So I know Ange- uh, Angela, I think it was mentioned, someone did a risk assessment. Sorry, you mentioned
1: mm, a texture, so from Dave, did a yeah, risk assessment.
4: Yeah. It's great. You know, the likes of generative AI tools such as ChatGPT are really good for giving you a brainstorm, a list of ideas for you to consider, but... When it comes to the specifics of doing a risk assessment for your client that you've visited, that you've analyzed and assessed, that's when generative AI begins to draw a blank. The way I kind of see it is, it's like talking to a kid who's just eaten a textbook. They've got all the words and they sound convincing, but if you were to just dig a little deeper, they don't quite know what they're talking about. So they're great opportunities, but we can't just say, that we're going to rely upon it now and put aside Mm. our own critical thinking and knowledge. It's a tool, but it's not a replacement to a human. Good
1: way to explain it for sure. I mean, maybe it's just in the line of work that I'm in. One of the things that that sort of strikes me about it, how do you prevent the spread of disinformation? You know, and and even as Angela touched on the, well, I should be concerned maybe about voice cloning to some extent, but like, (laughs) how do you, you know, like, how do you prevent that?
4: I think there's a couple of different parties. So a methodology is yet to be created, but I think it's about different parties playing their own responsibility. And this has been batted out in the media for years around social media is taking responsibility for content on their platforms. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has been in the media saying we're, we're a platform, we're not a news source. So first of all, I think the medium of communication needs to be, there needs to be safeguards in there, meaning websites, social media, and so forth. I think the other thing is content creators need to display a bit of consideration there. So if you were to see an article or something and post it on your own social media, we need to just ask ourselves, is this true? Is this accurate and correct? Because the research indicates that if you put up something on your social media, or if I do, Anyone who sees it is not going to fact check it. They're just going to trust
1: yeah, that the information is
4: true because, we okay. yeah, take it as read. And the final thing then, and this is what people probably don't want to hear, every one of us needs to be critical about the content we consume. We need to ask ourselves, is this image correct? Is this text, this video, this dialogue, is it correct? Or could it be created by Gen AI? And I was reading a Gartner article yesterday that said by about 2026, 30% of the messages that we receive as customers and prospects are going to be generated automatically mm-hmm. by Gen AI. It won't be created okay. and written by a human. No. It'll be automatically created, customized to us in the same way that a Google search or display right. ad is kind of customized to us.
1: Linda's on the line as well. Um Linda you I would just put the the call out I suppose asking people who use chat uh, GPT and maybe on a regular basis, but what's your experience, sir?
5: Hi yeah, Andrea. Yeah, I I have used chat chat GPT. I'm um a writer. Um and one of the ways that I use it and I agree with the, the guy that was just on, it Rob, should be yeah. used at the moment as a tool. Um like spell check thesaurus, they're all tools and they all have their purpose and their uses. And I think Chat GPT at the moment is brilliant, but it is at the moment a tool. I use it for, for instance, if I'm stuck trying to describe a scene or thinking of another way of explaining something or describing something in a story, I'll pop it into Chat PT, I'll ask the question and it gives me ideas. For instance, I played with it there the other week, and I just put, "Can you describe a scene of Mary walking into a hotel, um seeing her ex-boyfriend with another man? You know, what would that look like? What would it, what
1: Child way GDK. would it play out?
5: And it, what it gave back to me was really good. Now,
1: but is that so? Just just to, to to probe that a bit more, Linda, is that like so? Are you? Is it a fictional writer or fictional? Yeah.
5: So yeah, it's purely fictional, and I I don't use that for that purpose. I was playing just with to it, play just with to it. Yeah.
1: So is that pulling and, then from other from other um, fiction of you know f- fictional stories then like w- w- you well, know w- how where is it pulling from then you know and trying to think of the crossover I suppose with, with plagiarism to a certain extent
5: exactly and that is one of my major concerns is the whole plagiarism because another thing that I have used it for is editing. So, I've put a paragraph of my own work, my own um, uh, story into ChatGPT, and I've asked it to edit it. But my concern is that if ChatBT can take that paragraph and then use it to give to another person, um, can it be plagiarized? And that's one major concern that I would have is plagiarism. Yeah. Um like I said I use it as a tool purely as a tool um for editing spelling grammar um and for yeah, so
1: if used then maybe as a tool um, or incorporated you know, into, into the work and day, it can maybe be of, of assistance in, in, in that way. Lara in Dublin has gotten in touch to say, does it matter if AI or artists produce music so long as I enjoy it? I've paid a subscription to ChatGDP and it's like having a second brain. This texter says, a lot of students are using AI. My 14-year-old grandson has been guided on how to use it by his English teacher for his GCSE course as an asset. His two brothers in Edinburgh and London universities also use it as an aid to their courses. I think we have to embrace it and not fear it, says this texter. There's a lot of you getting in touch um, about this today. I want to hear your thoughts. Are you worried about the rise of AI? Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about artificial intelligence um, because we've been hearing much about it lately and particularly around students using chat GPT to complete assignments. And then also the controversial use of it, I suppose, too, in some sectors. And we've heard from various different people in the first part of the programme. 1800 453 106 is the number. I just want to hear from you today. Um, normal people, workers, how concerned are you about the use of AI in your workplace. Noel is with us on the line. Noel, are you concerned?
6: Hi. Uh, well, I suppose all new anytime new technology and anything is introduced, people have fears. Uh, it has its positives and negatives. Positives in terms of mm. it'll probably help students broaden the depth of their research uh, on stuff. But I suppose the big question for educators at third level and at second level in particular is how do you vouch that this is the student's work? Yeah. Parents listening will have been aware of a trend over the last decade or two with the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment where students have part of the component completed before the leave and mm-hmm. uh, And that's done usually at home and handed up. But uh, now with artificial intelligence, a student may not have to do any work except present this. And how do you validate Genuinely, this is the students' work.
1: Are you in the education field? Is I, that your
6: yeah, second level, yeah, second level Rose teacher as well, yeah. as well, yeah.
1: We, so, we heard from Donal at the start of the program today. He got in touch. He's also a second level maths mm, teacher, and you yeah. know, he, like he talked about the fact that on a, a day-to-day basis, Noel, you can nearly start to see the introduction now of this in the classroom from students. You and can. Yeah, what's definitely. your experience of that? And how, how difficult is it to? Decide whether it's actually, you know, Knowles' essay. Well, look, if we or... go
6: back pre internet days, people will be familiar where maybe one student would cog up from another student. And uh, of course, the teacher, the student might be under the illusion that they've handed up their piece of work and the teacher is none the wiser. But the teacher, from knowing them and from their experience of teaching them, automatically will spot. That And the same when the internet came in very often It was a cut and paste job Sometimes, but again it was obvious uh, Not the students' words Not their depth of understanding Of a complex paragraph or whatever Uh, With AI It's a little harder And also given its uh, Range of use From language to science to maths It's going to be Harder and harder to vouch that Whereas if a student is sitting in front of you Doing an exam you can validate mm. this is the student's critical reflection on the piece I've given him.
1: So the leave insert might be safe enough, but it's actually the continuous assessment element a of it and third part. level. It's
6: going, to, it's going to, and that second level because 20 and 30% of leave insert now is uh, a project or whatever. Mm. And how do you validate that project? Like, for instance, uh, if somebody does a master's at third level, they stand before a board and have to defend that master's. And it's a way of them checking this, this is this person's critical reflection and critical thinking that is the key does the person own it it also raises questions uh AI don't get me wrong is going to be a huge uh boom to with say research to we it's already being used in reading um x-rays and and other medical uh tests and um can spot stuff and uh, more quickly than humans but um the question is, is it going to undermine human beings' ability to think critically, to take in information, to reflect? And uh, parents will have probably noticed that with students now who are constantly on their screens. And of course, if you get bored, you can flick on. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're sitting with a book in front of you, yeah, yeah. you have to uh, digest it, think about it. And we we would have noticed that in secondary schools as as um, the smartphones okay. came more and more into use, the uh, students' ability to concentrate got less and less, and also their command of language. Um, so it's the art of
1: conversation.
6: The art then, of conversation. Don't ask a student to make a phone call. Yeah. They don't want to. They'll text you, they'll message you, they'll yeah. TikTok, they'll do whatever, Instagram. But it's a nightmare for them because I used to organize work experience. and
4: Count, yeah. students.
6: Now, you need to ring the employer to make an appointment, to see them, and that. Could you do it, sir? And these were competent students. These mm. are students oh, that would be going on to yeah. do medicine, Me- law, yeah. whatever. Top class. A, uh, and, and would have confidence, but just having confidence around the art of conversation. And many listeners will be familiar walking yeah. into a restaurant with a family and everybody sitting at the table is on their device, the where historically people would have been chatting at the
1: table. Um, let me, Mary Rose is with us too, Noel. Um, you've been listening to to Noel there and I suppose the the concerns that he sees around this from a student's and a classroom perspective. What's How concerned are you, Mary Rose?
7: I'm not a bit concerned, actually, Andrea. I'm completely embracing it. Brilliant. Um, and I would say to educators, you know, they've known that AI is coming um, and I hope that they're uh, not all being caught unprepared. Um, you know, I'm a marketer. And I am completely embracing it. I'm not afraid of AI and whether it's going to take my job away. Yeah. Um, And I have a course I'm actually teaching other marketers how to embrace it because now is the time. This is like a seminal moment. And, you know, it's nothing to fear.
1: So how how do you embrace it then in the the marketing sector? Okay, well, um, you know, when you think about,
7: uh, say, content marketing in the digital space, yeah. um, A lot of time traditionally has been spent on the content creation side of things, you know, writing blog posts, writing social media posts, you know, emails, all of that kind of stuff. So now we can use ChatGPT to help us more at the research and ideation phase. We can absolutely knock it out of the park on the content side. So I'm showing people how to literally save hours on creating really good content and then you can divert your time into things like distribution so it enables people to create better marketing faster at next to nothing uh you know what's not what's not to like about that you know
1: well just when you mentioned that now from the research perspective as cringe mm-hmm. as this might sound my own uh, the pr- production team here were telling me they've just uh, put me into chat gpt to, <laughs> to see see what comes up Um, As of... That's like Googling yourself. (laughs) I know, it's the oddest thing in the world. But anyway, this is what it it has told the team and they're telling me. As of my last knowledge update in September 2021, um, I'm a journalist, broadcaster, known for my work with News Talk. It goes on to talk then about my um, working in breakfast briefing and the type of topics we covered. And then it says, please note that my information might not be up to date. There may have been changes or developments regarding Andrea since that period. Now... That is that is correct. The timeline is a year out though, because by September two thousand and twenty one, I was here in this seat doing lunchtime live, not breakfast briefing. So well, it's a year it's it's a year off. Now, not something you'd be doing someone for defamation over, but it is actually it's it is inaccurate though by timeline. No, but there's
7: two things. No, there's two things you need to know here. So firstly, uh, ChatGPT goes up to September two thousand and twenty one. And you'd be surprised at how often in your job you're actually wanting much more live or, you know, newsy information. Mm. So in my course, I show people, number one, nothing after 2021. Number two, it does this thing called hallucination. And hallucination is kind of like having the best ever intern you never had, where no matter what you ask it, it's going to give you an answer really quickly. So I asked it for my bio back in January. And I kind of thought, there's enough written about me. I've been running my business for 20 years. There's loads of bios out there about me. And it came back and it said very confidently that I'm um, I'm a big hit on the HR lecture circuit, which I'm absolutely not. It <laughs> said I had a, a master's in organizational psychology. No, I don't. I've got a master's in cyber psychology. So the point is, though, so it'll give you the information. And it's usually about eighty percent of the way there. And then we, as humans, we have to have the you knowledge have to fact of what well, that's it. not right. Yeah. So I'm going to fact check that. Okay. And then we need to kind of finesse it. So we need to make it kind of very uniquely ours. But this is what I'm saying. You can spend literally, like I did a demo yesterday for um, Wicklow Local Enterprise Board, and um, we did this webinar, and I showed them how you can make a blog post, an email, social media posts, and what was the other thing I did? I did another object mm. and I did, I got someone to time me and you know how long it took? Go on.
1: Have a guess. I'd, I'd, I'd say about two hours if you were doing it normally. Well, it took
7: 18 minutes.
1: Yeah. And I demoed it in
7: front like. of people. So 18 minutes. So now you can start seeing how, okay, so I can do 18 minutes on that. So what I'm finding a lot of people like small business owners who, you know, thanks to the work of the Leos around the country, like they know they need to be doing mm, And trying marketing.
1: to get it in and embrace it. Yeah,
7: um, they haven't got the time. So now they suddenly have got the time and they're loving it. So there's people like growing their business literally within the last okay. four or
1: five months just you, thanks
7: to ChatGPT. Uh,
1: Dr. Robert Ross is a senior lecturer um, at the Technical University Dublin. Robert, are you as positive about AI as Mary Rose's? I would say
0: I am as positive about it. Uh, I would maybe amplify some of the... um The challenges that people see with it for issues like hallucination, as Mary Rose mentioned, the idea that the systems can come up with invalid information. I think it's great that professionals who use the technology are aware of that issue, but we need to make sure that everybody gets that. And that includes the secondary school students you were talking about earlier, college students, and then up into the workplace. There was a report on the, um, I read it on the BBC earlier in the week about a, a lawyer in the states who put together a briefing for a judge using ChatGPT. Uh, when the judge got this, they basically went ballistic because they realised ChatGPT had inserted into into yeah. the briefing all this false um, case law that didn't exist. Yeah. And the lawyer b- basically said, "Oh yeah, I didn't realise it made up stuff." That's the problem. We need to make sure that people do know that this is not always going to produce accurate material and that they have a very real job to go through any content and say, does this correspond to what I think and what is true?
1: Just maybe a final point in this for the moment, like one of the, the kind of striking things, well, one of the elements of this that I find sort of striking certainly anyway, it's, it's the rate, it's the pace of change, Robert, and it's the rate at which that's happening.
0: It's the pace of change and how much it's been put into people's hands. Um, One of the things that we're sort of concerned with or looking with um, at the ADAPT Centre that's funded by SFI is the the issues about different user groups and how they react to this technology. Like, I'm not sure if the um, audience are aware, but something like Snapchat that so many children use has a version of ChatGPT built into it now. Um, it's called My AI. It's right there on the inter, you know, the first page for the kids. And while in theory it's only thirteen-year-olds using that, in practice, you know yourself, there be younger mm-hmm. children using tech like that. And it means that they're really using this technology from a very young age. We don't know how they're going to engage with it. We don't know any long-term implications yet. Um, and so in. in the sense of things changing very fast, yes, they are. Yeah. And, and in ways we can't even possibly predict. Have, uh, it's truly disruptive. Yeah. You know.
1: I have to say, a lot of interest um, in this today. It's the first time we've actually talked about it really in any great detail, certainly um, with listeners on the show. And I was just somewhat interested to see I mean, how much people are embracing it, concerned about it, or whether or not people really care at all. But there's a lot of reaction um, to this today. There's an interesting text here from one listener who says, as an actor, AI is deaf concerning, especially for things like video games. Characters and voices can be created fully by AI. And in the US currently, we have to sign uh, writers and video game contracts to say our likeness cannot be reproduced and are fighting to keep this in place with our own trade union. We're years away from TV and film being able to create real life characters but voices are always being threatened. Also, there'll be a likely market for actors being able to sell off their voice and physicality to a company for a fee. Our career is definitely in jeopardy in the current strikes are very important, says this listener. Lunchtime
0: Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.